0: Welcome to In Between. As you can probably already hear in the background, I am back in India and it's difficult to find a quiet space to podcast. <laughs> but uh Yeah. I am back and already in the first days a lot of things have happened. Many there's so much going on, so many unexpected things and uh yeah, I don't even know where to start to tell you about the last few days. So As usual, I was like boarding my flight. I was texting with a few people in India, of course, saying bye to the texting with the people at home, saying bye to them in Switzerland, already texting with people from India and like, yeah, see you soon in a few hours, this and that. And everything seemed completely fine. And then the flight took its course and eventually I landed in Delhi. And uh, the moment I switched my mobile back on, I had about 15 messages Mostly from people who used to study at the Indian University with me. And all of them were like, there has been like some kind of encu- encounter difficulties, beatings, uh, protests and all kinds of things in the university. Like it's quite dangerous at the moment around that place. Don't go near there. Don't stay near there a lot of messages also from people who were not from the university, but who must have heard about it in the news or whatever. And of course I was completely like, "Ha!" like when I got into the flight, the world was still completely fine. And now this happened, like how is that possible? And I was like all nervous and like a bit confused. But then uh, the friend with whom I was going to stay, she texted me, like made a really sweet message. She was like, See, there's a lot going on. It's not super safe around here, but the place where I am staying is actually a bit away from uh, from the main scene, and it's not so dangerous. Just take an Uber. There is the key. I'll be with you. Don't worry. And uh, then that's what I did. I took an Uber from the airport, and I arrived there safely. And then, of course, immediately we had a lot of talks. There were also other people at the house, and. uh, yeah, so it's for me, it's very difficult to really understand the situation because there is so much going on. And I feel like every day there's a new article, a news report, there's a new person or official saying something different about it. So it's like a completely ongoing thing in a way. But uh, from what I know what happened, there were a lot of beatings between leftist and rightist uh, political students like political student organizations but also there were like people from outside like they call them goons I mean gangsters basically that like masked people from outside also got into the university they beat up they bet there was beatings of teachers of students of uh, yeah leftist and rightist students and there was a lot of police and the police apparently was there and didn't stop any of the beatings, didn't help the people. A lot of hostels got completely trashed and vandalized. And also the people were pulled out who were in their rooms and also beaten up. And also in the area around the university, people were pulled out of their houses, beaten up and uh, asked, are you a student of the university? If yes, are you a leftist or a rightist? And there's like a lot of so many things were happening and it was really quite violent. And quite shocking I mean it's not the first time that there are protests there are protests every other day also when I studied there there were violent encounters before there were outsiders coming in and people beating people up before the right-wing students never liked the left-wing students and there were problems there also so that's not exactly something new but I think the scary thing somewhere is that the police didn't do anything and especially armed and outsiders come and even beat teachers and it doesn't stay among the students. And there's like, yeah, some there's so much happening. There's, I think in this small incident, there's like so many factors and forces coming together. It's For me, it's very hard to like really judge what's happening also judge how dangerous it actually is because everyone says something else but from what I've seen at that evening I was fine and the ne- in the next days there were still a lot of barricades uh, around the main gate of the university there was a lot of police, a lot of media again a lot of protests and it's always interesting like you just see a mob of people protesting and talking but it's usually uh, you have to listen to the slogans to know if they are rightist or leftist so Everyone seems to be protesting at the moment. And it's strange for me because I knew that there are protests all over the country because of a certain citizen abandoned act. And I'll talk more about this in another episode. But this was something completely unexpected, like just happening exactly at the evening when I arrived during the time of my flight, which is, yeah, very, yeah, very weird to understand and, yeah, go with it. And for me, it's also... I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm always, I'll stay a Swiss person, which is not used to that kind of everyday violence, because the way a lot of my friends talk about it is very casual, very, but not casual in a mean sense, but in the sense that, oh, that person got beaten up. Oh, there was bleeding. There was a wound. Oh, some people were carrying sticks. Some people were carrying this and that. And there were some people were carrying acid Like in these, like these kind of famous acid attacks, but which happen in, tend to happen in India, but no one used it. So that was, but for me, it was like the very casual tone to talk about all of this is still very scary because I'm not used to violence being so all around all the time. And yeah, but I think it's probably the way you have to talk about it. If it's not in Switzerland, these things Every small little story I heard would probably have made headlines, and here it's it has also made headlines. But again, there's so many things I think always happening in India at the same time, and so much a lot of violence, so that it can't be taken that serious and that outrageous every time. Yeah, I keep observing the situation. I don't go too near to it. I. Till now, I've stayed away quite a bit because there were also, I read articles about, um, but this was more about other protests, about this uh, the citizen act thing. But uh, tourists who were in the protests and then they were asked to leave the country. So I was pretty scared. I couldn't, like, I'm pretty scared I cannot risk that to happen. So I, I kept myself at a distance a bit. I also haven't visited the campus yet, but I talked to people who have and they said, like, yeah, it's pretty abandoned. It's not clear if the registration can happen, which is due for the new semester. Also, there's a lot of chaos there anyway. A lot of people from haven't given their exams for the last semester. There's like a lot of yeah, protests and things happening in university politics also. But uh, f- the situation has cooled down from what I've seen. Yeah, what is difficult for me is also that I cannot judge the situation and somehow that area around, yeah, around the university, around the campus and I used to live at different places around there. I used to know the area and just walk around there very confidently, feel very safe and also very independently. So in a way, like I always, especially the last time I was here, like I was so happy about the kind of independence which I got in like roaming around by myself and somehow All of this is kind of taken away now because suddenly the place I know the best became, yeah, became a place of where some violent things unfolded, where suddenly it's not completely safe anymore. So this got kind of taken away from me. So I think it's a normal thing that whenever I come to India after a long time, I feel a little bit like a little kid and I am a bit scared to go out by myself, do things by myself. It takes some time till I grow up again (laughs) somehow but i think this time it might even take longer because yeah these things yeah make me feel a bit bad although yeah so far i heard horrible stories but i've never like witnessed something which was super bad but of course i also keep distance from that these places and yeah so every day new news reports or new things come up new details get out so this is an ongoing story an ongoing protest and it's yeah but it says a lot also about the political situation the country's in at the moment and uh, yeah the only thing one can do is yeah keep observing it yeah i feel like it always for me at least it takes a bit of time like to really realize that i'm back here i always feel like i'm in a dream for a while and uh, this time Yeah, I tend to, whenever like some Indian friends have to do some small little things, like very casual things, getting this or that, like very everyday things, like which I wouldn't find interesting at home. Like I wouldn't go with someone to the market at home, like why? But here it's so interesting for me and I want to learn all the little details, want to understand how things work here, how life works here. So I always, I'm like, please, can I come with you? Please, can I come with you? And like, uh, yeah, so this time I went to uh, pick up a book with a friend who he had ordered a book from somewhere and he had to pick it up and this led us into some kind of small market with a lot of small streets and gullies and we are like walking there i've been there before but i rarely i'm not that confident yet which with these kind of places that I, that I would just walk around there because i feel like i'm lost i don't find my way out anymore and so that's why i you know, don't come there alone know, usually, but it's uh, yeah, for me it's really cool so I just 100, walk 100, <laughs> walk behind him, like took in the whole scene and it's very interesting, so somehow, yeah, it takes some time and I realize, oh, all these smells oh yeah, and it, all the memories come back, oh, so many things and like uh, um, I walk through the streets I hear the dogs barking, I see different things, oh yeah, this is how things worked, oh I forgot that, and uh yeah, just somewhere, take it all in. And then uh, we stopped at one particular small shop, which I liked. It was like a South Indian chips shop. And I really liked it. Like, uh, there was a big pan with oil, and uh, people, like, they grinded the potatoes and immediately put them in, and you could watch them being fried, and then they're salt there, and all kinds of chips, tapioca, and... Karela, which is another very South Indian vegetable, it's very bitter, bitter gerd, I think it's the English name, but uh, we at least don't have it in Switzerland, I didn't know it before. And it's also like the, then you can try all of it and like the fact that the chips were still warm again shows me that I, <laughs> I'm usually so far away from the process, how things are being actually processed and manufactured. Because with the idea that chips can be warm was very weird for me for a second. But then I realized, yeah, I usually just buy them packed and I'm so far away from the process. And here you can actually see it. So since I'm a big chips fan, <laughs> that was like a quite cool small stop, which we took there. And uh, these days also it has rained a lot and uh, because it's winters here. And the rain always for me is has feels a little bit romantic in India because it reminds me of so many... Like beautiful days when it was raining in the university, and we were just all of us like sitting in these packed uh, hostel rooms and like talking, debating. My friends were smoking and like yeah, spending these rainy days when it was raining so much that also going out was kind of hard. And uh, so these days it also rains a lot, and it gives me that cozy feeling. But at the same time, it's also it's cold here, not as cold as I thought, but uh, still cold because there's no central heating, so like uh, it's uh, not that cold outside, but it's always cold, so even inside I uh, sit with my, right now I'm wearing a lot of scarves and (laughs) warm uh, warm sweaters and all and I'm like under the covers all the time and I don't feel like moving a lot and I have to convince myself to go and take a shower, to go and get dressed and go out and that's a little bit... uh, difficult (laughs) like it's just me not liking the cold and I have to push myself even more but that's always a thing in India sometimes in the first day I have to push myself to actually go out because it's still a bit overwhelming everything especially let's say to go out alone and uh, get things done but uh yeah like uh and while I'm sitting here and like listening to the rain and all I also think a bit about thought a lot about adjusting like because I think there's one, in one way there's a very body kind of adjustment which always happens when your body gets to <clears throat> gets used to the new temperature and it gets used to yeah new climate because you've just stepped on a flight and seven hours later everything is different. And uh, for me it's also the pollution in a sense that I feel a lot more this time than last time when I was here around Diwali. Strangely enough, because maybe. I was already in Delhi for a longer time when the big wave of pollution came last time and so it wasn't that much of a shock anymore but now since I'm coming directly from Switzerland I can kind of feel it. I mostly feel it like in my head in a way like I feel a bit uh, bit nauseous all the time. I feel a bit like um as if things are a little bit turning in my head and like there's some pressure on my head and i think that's i'm guessing that's a pollution but in general my body always feels a bit not that good in india not as strong and healthy as it usually does at home and i think yeah, adjusting to a new i don't know a whole new environment will be one point for sure and i think pollution is another point somewhere i think it's a Again, another kind of adjustment, at least for me, really happens over the senses in the sense that uh, I'm really starting to arrive here once I get used to the sounds again, to the traffic sounds, the dog parking, to yeah or for example, the other day, like i at the moment I cannot sleep very well because I'm still jet lagged and in at night, I still feel awake, even though I should be sleeping, so I sleep very late. I was like lying awake and I heard all those noises of the dogs and of the guards walking at night, like they tend to beat their sticks and they and like they they blow ah they blow their whistles and uh yeah, all of these sounds get back to you the same with when I walk the street and at some work in that small market like uh all the smells feel so homely again i'm like you remember all of it like everything comes like back over my senses like slowly i kind of settle in and which i always observe and find very interesting somewhere but i think there's also a very emotional adjustment which, ha- which happens every time and which i start to find more and more difficult also like uh the whole saying goodbye and then arriving at a new place. I always need a few days to really adjust emotionally. Like I'm really here and now I, I'm i living this life and with all the situations which are happening right here, all the situations which my friends are in, with everything. Like the whole being emotionally available kind of. But it's the same when I go back. The, I need a few days till I'm again like really arriving in that other life with so whatever is up these days in that life and it's like that thing is it's exhausting and somewhere it's also a bit painful and somewhere it's also sometimes difficult like letting go and arriving and then letting go again and on both sides and uh yeah I'm sometimes wondering if the people yeah feel that (laughs) that I always need that yeah small little timing but again of course I have to say I got received very warmly and like Especially at a friend's place where I'm staying right now. There's like there's so much warmth. We already had a lot of good talks, so much laughing and I feel so connected in many ways to so many people in India which have become very good friends of mine, with whom I can talk so openly and laugh a lot and it's very deep and good conversations. So I'm extremely happy to have all of these people back and yeah, also I what I love is the way people here I don't know, it always amazes me how people adjust to whatever happens. So at the moment, I'm staying in one uh, room because the one flatmate is not here. But after that, I was supposed to find something for myself. But now Mm -hmm. they thought like, no, no, you can sleep. Like we'll put a mattress in one of our room and you can stay here. And it's like we will adjust. And this kind of we will adjust. is not really happening in Switzerland or at least not in that scale for sure. And it's something very warm and very beautiful, but also sometimes like my Swiss culture is like, wow, it's too much hospitality. How can I deal with this? So it's like, there's a lot of things happening somehow. Yeah, then a few days ago, uh, something also cool happened. So a lot of people here know and friends know that, yeah, well, I'm so curious to learn a lot about India and the uh, understand more things and all of it and uh, so some people really made it their call to become like little teachers for me and one friend he bought a hindu calendar for himself and then he was like you have to look at this you have to look at this so of course it ended up in a big lecture where he explained me (laughs) the whole calendar but it was very interesting so in a way it's a calendar which uh, the normal gregorian calendar but also integrated in it there is the lunar calendar So already this fact that a lot of people somewhere live with two calendars in their heads parallelly is very, yeah, very interesting for me. And when I say a lot of people, I mean mostly people who have been brought up like were upper caste, Hindu upper caste, and have been brought up traditionally. The faces of the moon were written there. These two calendars overlaying each other. There was so many informations and so much stuff on, on that single calendar, like it's very overwhelming and like uh, <laughs> so much input for me like why my, my brain felt like bursting because there were like all kinds of festivals in there rituals when to keep a fast muslim festivals then all kinds of new years also for different states in india where people follow again another calendar for some reason there were like written things like oh on, for uh, this date is really good for marriage or buying something new or fasting or this ceremony or whatever. So there were like whole recommendations which dates of which month were good for what and how. A lot of horoscope stuff, of course, a lot of star charts, where were the planets, where are they exactly yet on this day, this and that. There also were some more practical things on it. For example, there was like a list, like a column where you could write in how much milk you have taken. And what this means is uh, in a lot of places in India, the milkman still comes and people buy milk like this. They don't buy it packaged. Although in Delhi, I mean, here I, a lot of people buy milk packaged. But as soon as you go out of it, there's still this old system somehow happening. So you can write in there how much milk you've taken. There's another column for uh, clothes, like how much clothes you've given for washing. And it's like very... I don't know this single calendar somehow says a lot about a culture or like life in a culture although of course not all of people in India will follow it but still it's yeah it's very interesting there was also some empty lines where one could write some uh, memories or where one could write there was one for upcoming birthdays or marriages (laughs) I mean weddings or uh, yeah lots of yeah very interesting the it was like for me was a like complete over information overload and very like so much over layering of things and yeah there are moments when I look at it and I'm like god I'll never understand all of this it's like and then I wish like oh I wish I would be born here so I would just understand it but then again then I feel like uh no because then I wouldn't appreciate it it's because then it would just be my culture just as I don't appreciate certain aspects of Swiss culture which foreigners would find really interesting it's like yeah it's like the irony of life I guess and the beauty of being in between somehow yeah so somehow the calendar also felt to me it was like so symptomatic of whole India like the way it was very overloaded very also so much diversity in it with all the different festivals from so many like it's impossible that someone will follow all of it like it's but it's exactly this diversity and, like, yeah, so much over layering of things. And again, one and still a very, I mean, brilliant scientific systems for planets and stars and astronomy and astrology and all of it. So, like, and the whole scripture and all of it, like, is so much tradition and so much also scientific background somewhere. And, like, but again, the question how is this, like, really lived and interpreted in modern India? it's uh yeah to me it was like really really. i enjoyed it a lot to look at that calendar and also um looking at the calendar brought another thing to my attention which somehow this time when i'm in india i've observed quite a lot and i feel like every time it's like whenever i come i get a little another detail i start to understand a little bit and whenever i understand something it kind of clears up space for me to notice something new so, <laughs> I'd be like, every day again, I'm noticing new stuff, which last time I have completely, I wasn't able to grasp because I was so focused and like sidetracked by other things. And um, this time, somehow, a little bit, I took a look at the way a design in India, the way posters are designed, this calendar is designed, some banners for some shops are designed, and they are always. Like for our Swiss taste of design it's like, I feel like our design is very minimal and very not that colorful and very classic in a way. And here it's for me, it's like a complete overload. So colorful and very, yeah, all the, or also flyers. They are completely overloaded, like for my taste. And another thing is they are very heavily relaying on scripture. So like, it's always a lot of writing, like the Phnagri, like the Hindi script very heavily written, while I feel like a lot of things at home are more pictograms or pictures or small little drawings of things. Like, for example, I mean, I had a calendar before at home where the lunar faces, the faces of the moon were written in. But like here on this calendar, they were like really completely written, like in their, their Sanskrit name and all, while... In my calendar back home, there were like small pictures, small pictograms showing if the moon was full or empty or half or whatever was happening. And I find it quite remarkable that especially in a country like India where there are still a lot of analphabets, that there there is this heavy reliance on script. But maybe, I mean, I've just started to observe this, maybe that's just... There will be other ways in which more pictograms and pictures are probably used, so I'm not sure about this, but that's just something which came to my attention, like how the sign is working differently. And yeah, how also, but I also think maybe it would irritate me less if I wouldn't read the Hindi script like a child. (laughs) So like at the moment, it's still like I decode every single letter and then I put them together in my head and then I hear the sound of the word and then I, if I'm lucky, I know the meaning. While, I mean, if I read like the Western script, I cannot not read it. If I look at it, I've already read it and I've already put the word together in my mind. And maybe if I would be further in my Hindi reading, I wouldn't find it so overloaded anymore because it's not that scripture which I cannot decode so fast. Maybe that, I don't know, but I'll further observe it. And then again, somehow I realize like how a lot of the topics um, I've brought here because still the main mission or main aim of this visit is looking for a topic and not only looking for one, finding one, finalizing a topic for my PhD and uh, how a lot of the lists and the topics I've written down look completely different now that I'm here because uh, somewhere Oh, it's just physically being in this context does something to me I look at the topics differently I read the lists again differently and I think like oh god this is not relevant oh god like why this and it's very it something about the physical change of place also I don't know informs my gaze or my way in which I read the topics which is very interesting but also very very helpful and Of course, I hope that I will kick out some topics and only like finalize one. But I also hope that it does not happen like the last time where I kick out all of them and I feel suddenly, hey, nothing of this is relevant here, which is equally like difficult. So yeah, now I really need to find something and... uh, One thing which was kind of very beautiful is like I met up with this friend like um, there is this married couple which are my best friends basically here and we met up over a chai and we were talking a lot what's going on in his life in my life and uh, yeah we're just uh, catching up basically and uh, yeah a relationship I really love like so warm and so sparkling and we were laughing a lot and always realizing that we are like somehow thinking about very similar topics, although we have very similar age, we have very similar, yeah, something, somehow we connect in a way. And uh, of course, like what's occupying me was of course the topic search. So uh, he talked with me about it. And again, I was like very touched by the whole attention he gave me (laughs) and my chaotic mind and all. And uh, he has a very, yeah, very, rational approach to things and while I'm always so chaotic in my mind and then paralyzed by fears and emotions and this and that he's very rational and like very yeah able to go through things like and sort things out and like in this very proper clean manner so he kind of helped me with that so the first thing he said he was like see if I want to help you to find a topic somewhere I need there need to be some parameters there need to be some like some criteria that a thing can go as a topic or cannot so or after which we can judge which one is the best of the simil- the few things you have ready and um then he was like you have you have to decide some parameters and i mean he's totally right of course some parameters i know and i had there and and they were like clearly written but there are others which uh now that i thought about it i've never listed it like that so which came up and I'll read this list for a second. So one of it is relevance, personal as much as scientific. The other thing is access. So do I really get the access to do research with these people or this institution? Do I really get that close that I could do a field work? Because else there's no point in pursuing this topic. Can I use the methods that I like, like biographical interviews, participant observation, then will this field work be pleasant? Will it be fun? Will it be the location? Will I feel comfortable where I'm gonna be every day for my fieldwork? Like how are my days in the field actually gonna look like? Like I think these are all different factors which are weighed which I have to weigh against each other because maybe if a topic is very relevant and I find it very important and I'm so touched by it, I don't mind doing fieldwork for a few months in a place where I don't feel comfortable. But maybe I wouldn't do that if I don't think the topic is so relevant, right? There's like a lot of yeah weighing against each other. Then uh, how interesting are the readings which are connected to it, theoretical as well as uh, these are similar studies. If there were a few topics which sounded so interesting to me at home, but when I looked into the literature, I was like, hell no, I cannot read that for the next five years, it's impossible. And then, of course, also the question, how innovative is the topic? Because you don't want to say something, which already a lot of people have said. There needs to be something new to be gained from your research, else it's pointless. Then also, what kind of a problem? How much is it a problem? Is it a puzzle where you can really figure something out, where after you research, there is something more to be known? And also the size of the topic, like there were a few topics which were interesting, but maybe good for a half an hour podcast episode, but not for a PhD, like not suitable, not big enough, not expensable enough. And other topics which were too big, which would have needed to be narrowed more down. And another thing I think is also a kind of a career outlook in the sense that if I pursue a certain topic, in which corner of the scientific community does this bring me? Is this a corner where I want to be in or not? Do I want to be labeled like this or not? Do I want to get into these debates or not? Like a lot of these questions and I think it was very good to think about these parameters, and maybe I could really use his system and like weigh them against each other and see which, like, see according to these parameters, which topic could be the most suiting one. And then another thing which uh, he asked me, he said, like, you know, you are somehow weird. There are a lot of people who might would like come to India and see coming to India as a means for an end, like coming to India as a means, and the end would be doing a PhD but he said like for you it's different like your end is connecting your life to India being in India for a longer time and you mean to do that as a PhD and of course he's completely right and I have never made a secret out of this also not in front of my supervisor or anything and uh, yeah there is something interesting somewhere about this but then he went on and he said yeah but if that is the case then maybe you should ask yourself like why do you keep coming to India? Like what, what is it which makes you like come back and come back again? Like you have traveled so many countries. You like, uh, why is it not another country in which you stayed? And why is it which you started coming back? And why have you changed your research region from South America to India? There must be something there. And maybe if you figure that out, you'll also realize what interests you the most and what could be your topic. And, of course, part of me thought that it's a very spiritual <laughs> kind of an approach to it. But I was like, I was willing to go along with him. And it was an interesting question. And first I thought the answer is easy. But the more and more I was thinking, it's not that easy, actually. And it's very a very layered answer with a lot of factors. Of course, it's not only a single factor, which would be the answer to this question. And he did it in a very cute way. Like he took my notebook and he wrote the title. And um, then he asked me, so what brings you to India again and again? Like, tell me. And he would sit there and he would like make notes of uh, what I'm saying. And I, and he would also like call me back when I get sidetracked. Like when I would say something, he would be like, yeah, yeah, but uh, that's not answering the question or, or, yeah, no, you're losing yourself. Like come back to the question. And like, he would like really ask me and push me further to look into this matter. And I, Wow, I loved it and it was, it was so interesting. And I'll try to answer it, what I came up with, but I'm really not finished with the answer at all. Like, I mean, the first thing which occurred to me was of co- and the most obvious thing was, of course, like the relationships I've built here, people who have become very dear friends to me, some people like family, which is something which brings me back all the time. But then he said like, yeah, that's one thing, but there must be more, right? And I was like... Then I, then I was like no but then it's it's all you know it's all it's coincidence that I kind of came to India and I liked it and then he was like no but maybe it's been coincidence in the beginning but right now it's not coincidence anymore like you're building your life around India in a way and I was like yeah you're somehow you're right and then of course I have simple answer like maybe it's just curiosity because I want to understand it further but Or I told him like somehow it feels meaningful for me to be here but then he was like yeah but what do you mean with meaningful like (laughs) go further and I was like somehow being here makes me feel as if I'm growing every time I'm here because and he was like why but and I was like because I somehow I get a lot of input every time so I learn a lot I get to be a kid again and see the world with fresh eyes and I feel so alive when I do this I mean these are all benefits of it but maybe it also has to do with the fact that whenever I'm here I think a lot of my worldviews which I take for granted which my culture has has given to me a lot of them get completely challenged whenever I'm here because I see other ways of life other ways of seeing life doing life other ideas about what is good and what's not good, what one is uh, supposed to do and what not, And somehow it shakes like my whole ground. It shakes everything I believe to be true. And I find that very meaningful. And it makes me grow a lot for some reason. It also, for some reason, and it also humbles, makes me feel very humble. It takes me like down to the ground again. Like I don't think like what I've grown up or what I see or how I interpret the world is the only way, is the right way, because I've, I'm i reminded again and again that I know nothing and that there are such different ways of living life and somehow that feels meaningful to me. Also in the sense that I'm not going to India and thinking like, oh, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be cool all the time. Like Most of the time I go with an attitude which is prepared, like I'm going to have amazing times, but there are also a lot of annoying things, things which are difficult, things which are, yeah days which would be depressing and a lot of things and that's also what he told me like we saw some kind of a we looked into some kind of a happiness index a few like an hour before or something and there like switzerland was ranked place five and india something about 115 but like really at the end of the scale and he was like see <laughs> you are coming from a country which happiness is ranked number rank number five and like when there's so much material security and Good air, clean air and this and that. And like, why? But you keep coming back here. There must be a reason for it. Like, there must be something. And yeah, there were other things that I thought. Like, I I feel at home. Parts of, parts of me feels at home here. It really connects deeply with the people. Or the way they see life. And yeah, but then again... Somewhere also, I think there is a certain wish to have a very unique and special life with a lot of experiences. And I think that wish stands at the beginning of every life, which is like this, of every adventurous life or whatever. There is a wish to have a life like this. And of course, that's also true. And on another note, I'm also, in the end of the day, I'm a very, I think, a very orientalist. It's an orientalist romanticism, like a certain fascination for India, which is very orientalist in the core. I also then asked a few other friends because I was like, somehow I'm not able to answer this question like in a satisfying way. So I asked other friends, like, why do you think I keep coming to India? And these were also interesting conversations where someone said, but don't you think it somehow completes you in the sense that there is one truth given to you by your society and somehow you're not completely buying that you're not completely accepting that but you want to i don't know to also know this other truth from another society and somehow the two of them complete each other and in a way that's also true and i mean these friends who said similar things it was i think because they feel that way and they maybe also have a certain fascination for the west because of that reason so i think that's equally true also then also i as i said before like i i know i'll never completely understand this society so there it will be an everlasting quest there will always be something to be curious about and to understand to learn more to better my hindi so this kind of endless possibility for sure is also something and somewhere i also do find some relevance in the fact that i'll that it's important to get to understand life here it's important that role of being in between, coming from there, but understanding life here and understanding some global relations and whatever, some bigger picture, because of knowing the very down to the ground realities of every day, maybe that's also part of it. Or that's I, f- I see some relevance in there, although I don't know yet how to make it work for me. And there are other days when I feel like, but somehow just one door after the other just opened and that's how I ended up here. I didn't have to push much for it. It just came to me. But again, I think there's not one answer, but I really agree with that friend that it's probably, yeah, it's not as easy to answer it as I thought and definitely worth looking into it. And that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. And uh, yeah apart from that i think the first week i'll really take time out to discuss a lot of my topics with friends and decide which ones i'll really after this one week and maximum one week to really follow up and like more go after maybe do some pre-interviews and see and in the meantime yeah get properly settled in and adjusted and uh Observe the political climate and, in general, observe what comes next because you never know.